Hi guys, welcome to Tales from the Cryptocurrency, where I attempt to demystify cryptocurrency and take the horror out of Bitcoin and other altcoins. I'm not going to lie, guys, today is going to be an extraordinarily long podcast. The reason for that is because, <clears throat> um, excuse me, I wanted to cover uh, a bunch of different stuff. Number one, this is going to be my new format. Uh, I'm going to start coming to you guys on Mondays. Uh, so I'm going to consolidate all of my information together and uh, try to bring it to you on Mondays. Uh, I want to cover a couple of new things, uh, what the current state of crypto is, of course, uh, during this time. But uh, today I want to I want to also cover the simplest way to get into cryptocurrency. So this week uh, it was my my birthday and during that time I got a chance to go to some friends houses and I got a chance to talk to them and I realized that not a lot of people just know like how to just jump in to cryptocurrency it's a big mystery they don't understand the differences between cryptocurrency and the stock market how things work where the money comes from so I think I'm going to talk a little bit about this uh, I'm also going to cover uh, of course blockchain basics like I do so today I'm going to talk about smart contracts, what they are and how they work. So all of this information together will hopefully help you, um, you know, uh, make a better blockchain investment choice uh, when you come to looking at coins and stuff like that in the future. So uh, grab, a, grab your coffee or whatever it is that you want to grab onto. And uh, let's uh, just jump right in here today with the state of cryptocurrency. So right now, you know that we are obviously in the dip. Uh, Bitcoin has uh, gotten as low as $28,969 during this time. Ethereum has dropped uh, to 1953. Uh, we've seen it go. Uh, so we've seen drops uh, so far this year of 37% in Bitcoin, and we've seen drops of 47% in Ethereum. So what does this mean? Is this the end of the world uh, and that kind of stuff? Right now, the fear and greed index are currently rating uh, 12, which is extreme fear, uh, which means that the market sentiment in itself uh, means that investors are panicked out. So what do you do during this time? Well, uh, normally during extreme fear is uh, the time to buy, especially if you are in what you what. Uh, or have been in the crypto uh, field for, for at least a couple of years, you will know that uh, what we are experiencing right now is a crypto winter. So this is actually the fourth crypto winter that we've been through. Uh, there were crashes in 2011, which I was not a part of. Uh, there was a crash in 2013, uh, which I was beginning to look into crypto and stuff like that. So I saw when it actually happened. Uh, in 2017, I was already starting to get into the market and I saw a crypto winter there. And now if uh, you are in the market in 2022, well, congratulations. Uh, you have just completed or are in the process of completing your first cycle. And uh, this happens. Now, overall, if you zoom out and uh, take a look at what's actually happening overall, uh, from the time of like the very first crypto drop to right now, uh, the global crypto market cap is up 270.9%. 
Developer activity uh, is up 68.6%. Startup activities for decentralized autonomous organizations is up 62.5%. Social media activity uh, talks about cryptocurrency is currently up 83.1%. So as you can see, there's more action than ever in the crypto market. So during price dips like this, go into build mode, start building your portfolio, start grabbing your bags. Uh, let's say that, 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 that it's, uh, let's say that it's, we go back in a time machine and that right now it's 1999, right? And, and you just found out about the, the internet. Well, if you lost interest during the 2000.com crash, uh, you missed a once in a lifetime, uh, uh, actually, once in a generation cycle to build stuff like social networks, video streaming, cell phones, cloud computing, just because in 2000, you would have been like, oh, no, oh, no, stop. The Internet doesn't work. I saw it. Everybody made money and then everybody lost money. Well, here we are 22 years later, right? And there's more stuff going on on the Internet than ever before. As a matter of fact, the Internet's getting ready to change altogether into something called Web3, so which is going to be an even more enormous opportunity. So you have to like be conscious of like this stuff and know that, hey, man, to everything there's there's building and then there's pullbacks and pullbacks are actually part of growth. Defy, uh, which are which is uh, the spaces that like MetaHedge is involved in and that kind of stuff. Defy went from zero to one hundred billion dollars total value locked in two years. I mean, think about that from zero, from no money in DeFi whatsoever in two years, it's got a hundred billion dollars in total value locked. I mean, that's insane. That's that's a growth like that. You don't see anywhere else. And I got something else to tell you, too. Uh, people talk about people making money on Twitch and, and, and Spotify and YouTube and all that stuff. Crap. It's all crap. NFT creators are kicking their butts. NFT creators are kicking their butts at such a pace that that soon people are going to start becoming just like you're going to start to see transitions from from YouTube and other platforms to to releasing uh content as nfts because last year alone 23,000 nft creators collectively made four billion dollars that's right four billion dollars was split between 23,000 people that's a hundred and seventy four thousand dollars per creator on average so if you look at like the reports let's see what everybody else did right so like facebook um they're clocking about 10 cents a creator uh, Spotify, even with Joe Rogan's enormous contract, uh, if you level them all out, it, it's about $636 per creator. YouTube, uh, with all the creators that there are on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, well, it's about $2.47 per channel uh, that actually gets generated. And OpenSea, which is where NFTs are, 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 are created and, and exchanged, well, you got $174,000 per creator on NFTs. So, and, and in this, Ethereum is still leading the pack, but other contenders such as Solana are emerging and Polygon, those are coming up too. Blockchains are only as strong as the developers that are building them, by the way. So Ethereum is still clearly in the lead. It's got 4,000 monthly developers. Uh, Solana is second with like a thousand monthly active devs, you know, that are working on projects and stuff like that.
So it goes to show that like like Ethereum right now is four times as active as Solana, but Solana is actually, uh, you know, gaining ground. I personally develop on both of like these blockchains. So I, I, I love both the ecosystems and, and I work on merging them both together. That's one of the things that we do at MetaHedge. It's merging both of these, uh, you know, these ecosystems together in, and uh, and finding functionality uh, for them. So so what's what's my take well my take is frankly i'm i'm shocked i'm shocked that ethereum only has 4000 monthly active developers at this point so for reference by the way uh roblox uh has 340 uh, i think it's like 345000 or 350000 app developers that make money building on roblox apps so uh so if roblox uh which is a game for for kids uh who still believe in the tooth fairy is is has three hundred forty five thousand active developers on it, all of them making money. And Ethereum, which is one of the largest blockchains in the entire world, only has four thousand active monthly developers. Then, guys, you know what's going on. This is you're standing at the cliff of an enormous financial ocean that you're that you're getting ready to dive into right now not half of the world you know like right now we talk about like i talk about cryptocurrencies and stuff like that have you talked to some people about cryptocurrencies or crypto technology or blockchain or anything like that they look at you uh like alfred hitchcock you know like back in the movies when they used to put circles behind people do like that and they were spinning uh, uh, that's kind of like what what they look like i mean less than one percent of the world actually understands cryptocurrencies so this is going to grow and this is going to get enormous and the fact that you're just into it right now just means that 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 you're at the precipice of something that's about to happen if you're not currently killing it in the crypto space then you're about to start killing it in the crypto space that's what i'm telling you because all you got to do is stick with it it's what I was saying before about about the internet back in 1999. If people got the on the internet, they were like, "Oh, okay, uh, you know, yeah, this works." And then all of a sudden, you know, 2000, the the dot com bust happens, boom, and everybody loses their money, and everybody's just like, "Oh, yeah, well, forget it. I'm never going to do anything with the internet again because it's it's over." Then 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 think about think about where we're at right now. Right now, we're at the point of like VR, like uh, you know, Oculus is producing you know incredible things to. Developers are producing incredible things. Meta Hedge is producing like like its own metaverse right now that'll use Oculus technology. I mean, there's just so much crazy stuff going on right now that that it's 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 just because people stuck with it. And that's what you really have to do too, right? Is you have to stick with your projects that you're in, you stick with them, you go in, you go all all, all you know, you go balls deep or whatever you need to do in, in, in your project. And, and you, 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 you hang on because this is the time to do it. And then you don't want to be looking back later and saying like, you know, oh, well, if I had only hung on, you know, back then or whatever, uh, uh, or you don't want to be looking back later saying if I had only bought, you know, into that project when the dip came, this is the dip. You hear me say it here all the time, right? If you don't do anything else, buy the dip. This isn't the time to be scared. This is the time to be confident. You're going to buy into your projects now at bargains, and then they'll go up. And when they go up, you'll sell and you'll make a profit. 
not the reverse, not when, not, not buy when they're all the way at their top or, or everything is in the green. Red, red means buy. Green means sell. That's the way that you do it. And that's how you make money. So by the way, uh, one of the things that MetaHedge started doing, like from the beginning, which was providing uh, one, you know, pro- providing customer service uh, with, you know, uh, the community, uh, where if you actually become a member of the community by holding some of the 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 project, uh, you know, currency or stuff like that, you actually have some customer support. You know, you can send an email, you can make a phone call, you can reach somebody if you have questions. Hey, would I do this about my wallet? Uh, my coins disappeared, what's going on, uh, or all that kind of stuff. And it provides a lot of comfort to know that there's somebody on the other end there. This is something that like not a lot of cryptocurrencies have come up with. And, uh, uh, I'm starting to think that some kind of like decentralized autonomous organization that actually just does cryptocurrency, uh, you know, support would would be something that would be well received in the community. So uh, Robinhood, by the way, uh, is launching a new Web3 wallet. So uh, raise your hand if you bought crypto on Robinhood because it was easy. And then as soon as you bought it, you realized that, hey, man, I don't have access to my coins. I can't move them or take them from Robinhood. Was it just me back in the beginning during the first podcast? Well, uh, Robinhood try, actually tried fixing this with a crypto wallet that they released earlier this year, but there were a couple problems with it. Uh, number one, there was only like seven coins you could transfer out, and uh, there was like a $5,000 daily cap on outbound transfers. So Robinhood uh, decided that they were going to try again, this time with a wallet that has some real functionality to it. It's called the Robinhood 3. It'll let users have control of their own keys, earn yield and trade or swap crypto on other exchanges. And you can also buy and hold NFTs on the wallet, uh, all of it with no network fees. So this should be pretty huge. It seems like it's going to be the full package. This should also provide some functionality to Robinhood, who regardless of all the little problems that they've had in the past, I'm a fan. Uh, It got me started in crypto. And uh, here is where we are today. So I would cover that that is about the state of the market today. Uh, So lots of stuff going on in the NFT market. Uh, Lots of, uh, of stuff happening in the crypto market today. Crypto is looking green, so it's starting to pump. Uh, so hopefully you are you are uh, you know either getting in right now uh, as it continues to pump, or you have already gotten in uh, you know earlier in the in the last uh, week or so. So. Guys, uh, keep at it with your crypto. Uh, none of this, of course, is financial advice. Don't listen to me. But uh, if uh, you're doing any type of research, whatever, uh, make sure that like the research that you're getting is current uh, as well. There's a lot of like outdated stuff out there on uh, on on the market. So uh, we talked a little bit about Robinhood's brand new wallet and that kind of thing. And now I wanted to come and talk to the people that are actually brand new in crypto. So if you are brand new in crypto, uh, you'll want to listen to this segment, which is uh, I'm going to give you the simplest steps about how you can actually get started with cryptocurrency. I'll cover what is a cryptocurrency. I'll cover getting started uh, and purchasing like your first Bitcoin, Ethereum or Litecoin. Uh, 
that kind of thing. Um, I'll tell you some alternative ways to buy cryptocurrency with dollars. I'll talk a little bit about exchanges. I'll talk about sending and receiving your crypto, storing your crypto, security. I'll talk about doing your research, which is what I was just talking about a second ago. For those of you that are like, well, what about mining? I want to make money mining. I'll talk a little bit about that as well. Very little bit. And uh, you'll see why uh, when I do talk about it. Uh, I'll give you some terminology that you should know, some terms to throw around to impress your friends, to let them know that you are now in the crypto world. And I'll also give you some tips as well. Uh, to go along. So again, everything in this section, uh, none of it is financial advice. Uh, I'm going to present this basically as a guide to help people out on getting started with crypto. And it should not be misconstrued as me giving you advice on how to spend or invest your money. Also note that uh, I'm going to provide you some companies that you can go to uh, I that will provide you services during my my talk. Uh, I do not endorse any of those companies uh, publicly or they are not giving me any type of money as well. Uh, so uh, they are not sponsoring the show or anything. I'm just telling you who I am using currently and um, you can choose to use them or use somebody else, etc. What you don't need to do is send me any email telling me that you know of any better place or anything of the sort to do this uh, and that kind of thing. So anything that I have talked about in this segment here uh, is stuff that I am currently doing myself. Okay. Now, if you are already the genius of all geniuses in cryptocurrency and you know everything about uh, the topics that I just covered, then skip forward about uh, 10 minutes or so. And then I'm going to talk about smart contracts on the blockchain. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about what smart contracts are, how they work, and all of that other good stuff. I'll cover what do they do? Uh, why should we trust smart contracts? Um, you know, and I'll give you some some takeaways and stuff like that as well. So if you are new, Get your ears ready, get a pencil and paper. I'm going to give you a lot of information right now uh, as well. Okay, so lately in the world of cryptocurrency, uh, there's been a few camps of people that are inquiring uh, into how you can get uh, into cryptocurrencies. Many people have heard about Bitcoin in the past and dismissed it as interesting technology, so to speak, but they either don't have enough confidence in it or... Uh, uh, you know, to buy, uh, or they didn't have confidence in it at one time, or they have forgotten about it, etc. And now are revisiting Bitcoin. Uh, there's uh, maybe they somebody went to like a a family gathering or a party, like I went to the other day, and while we were at the party, people start to talk about cryptocurrencies, and uh, maybe you learn. Uh, you know, the, the enormous price changes associated with Bitcoin uh, provide profit opportunities and you decided that you want to investigate what all the fuss is about. Maybe that brings you to, to cryptocurrencies these days. Or maybe there's someone in your office whose mood is basically determined by which coin is gaining or losing traction on any given day. And uh, you want to know what's going on in their head. 
Why are they so uh, glued to their screens? Seeing what happens with some weird coin named Terra Luna that nobody's ever heard of. So anyways, investing in cryptocurrencies is a way for some people to invest in some amazing and promising technology that will be probably forging the future in one way or another. So that's one reason people get into cryptocurrencies. Others are only motivated by the prospect of making a quick buck, and that is okay too. So no matter what your motivation is for getting started with cryptocurrency, you'll learn a lot from our little talk here, and uh, you will be able to easily purchase your first cryptocurrency of choice uh, when we are done. And you will also learn how to do some research when choosing coins other than uh, than coins that are offered on the the platform that we're going to be talking about, which is Coinbase. So I'll give you some alternatives to storing your coins properly uh, other than than on Coinbase as well. Okay, so uh, I wanted to make it simple, and uh, I'm sure you've wondered, how do you get started with cryptocurrency? Uh, so here it is. Let's start off with, first of all, before you buy a cryptocurrency, you need to know what is a cryptocurrency and uh, why is it such a big deal? Well, cryptocurrency, simply put, is, is a type of digital asset that is characterized by uh, secure transactions via cryptography. So the first decentralized cryptocurrency and arguably the most famous uh, is Bitcoin. Bitcoin was built on blockchain technology and its major draw was is its decentralization. So as opposed to centralized banking systems, uh, which have one set of data servers, uh, this allowed for a certain level of anonymity and security by spreading the data amongst several nodes. Since Bitcoin... Uh, and many other alternative cryptocurrencies known as altcoins, by the way, uh, have been created on blockchain and similar technologies. These alternative cryptocurrencies can serve many functions. So, for example, there's Ethereum, which features smart contract functionality, which is what I'm going to talk about later on in the show, what this actually is. Uh, so cryptocurrency in a nutshell is a decentralized asset that uh, you can hold securely uh, and uh, provides a level of anonymity uh, in in holding and owning the 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 asset. So how do you get you how do you get started uh, with one of these cryptocurrencies and how do you purchase your your first one and should it be uh, Bitcoin ethereum Litecoin uh, that kind of stuff well uh, I guess the most popular and the simplest place in the United States to buy your first cryptocurrency is Coinbase. And uh, you can reach uh, Coinbase by just going to coinbase.com. And why is it so easy, you ask? Well, they're they're regulated. So uh, they're a company that operates within the United States, uh, much like a bank. Uh, and currently, if you sign up uh, right now, uh, they give you some free cri cryptocurrency. Uh, I'm not sure what the amount is right now, but it ranges from $5, $10. Sometimes they even give you uh, $100 
investors in 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 free cryptocurrencies you would never hear of uh, just by uh, doing some educational videos and stuff like that. So Coinbase, downloading and getting Coinbase is one of the, the first steps that you need to do uh, to start your crypto journey. Uh, that's a great place to start. Um, there you'll be able to see your portfolio balances 24 hours a day. You can see the price of cryptocurrencies you're following, whichever ones they are. Uh, and you can buy a certain amount of cryptocurrencies on there. Well, you can't buy every single one, but you can buy uh, a good chunk of cryptocurrencies on Coinbase. The next thing you need to do is you need to link a bank account uh, or a debit credit card. Not all of them work. Um, so you have to have like one of the ones that's like, you know, like a real bank. Uh, you can use Chime, uh, which is an internet banking system. That works as well. And uh, you'll have to link your account. So what I like to do is I opened up an account just for cryptocurrencies and I linked that to my Coinbase account. And then I link that to anywhere else I need to, uh, such as PayPal and etc., so that you can use it to easily purchase and transfer cryptocurrencies uh, back and forth. So that kind of thing. Uh, just a quick note, your bank or, or your current bank or credit card uh, may deny your transactions from coinbase in initially uh they may also place like a freeze on your account it's a toss-up uh before you proceed to buy anything i'd recommend just giving them a call and letting them know that you're going to make a purchase on coinbase that'll save you a bunch of hassles and that kind of thing uh they also have some limits banks do as to how much you can buy a week but uh that'll be that so once you're all set up with your bank, you've got your Coinbase thing set up, you downloaded it, you linked your bank account, uh, then you're going to want to uh, buy a cryptocurrency. So uh, you can decide by scrolling through the portfolio section of Coinbase which cryptocurrency you want to buy. Uh, you can also choose there if this is going to be a one-time or a recurring purchase. Um, so once you've, you've, you've chosen a cryptocurrency that you want, to buy, uh, then you're going to select your payment method. So what is it in a nutshell? The steps are first, choose if, uh, you know, what cryptocurrency you're, you're uh, well, actually, first you have to choose whether it's a one-time or a recurring purchase. Then you'll select which cryptocurrency you want to buy. And then third, you'll select your payment method. So there's also one other thing you can do, which is fourth, and uh, you can type in the amount of USD you'd like to purchase uh, or select for an amount from the list. So what you'll do is you can actually purchase your cryptocurrency in its denomination, or you can just decide whether you're going to buy it in USD. Uh, and so if you want to buy Bitcoin, but you don't know what $10 in Bitcoin looks like, then you can just put in $10 and uh, then select Bitcoin from the list. And uh, you'll purchase that amount in Bitcoin without having to do all the math yourself. So, um, by the way, with Coinbase, you can buy coins in fractions, so you do not need to buy or purchase a whole Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin. Uh, you can buy as little as 0 0.005 of a Bitcoin if you choose to. Uh, and on some other platforms, I don't know if you can on on Coinbase, but on some other platforms, you can actually purchase Satoshis like you can on Robinhood, which is a fraction, small fraction of a Bitcoin. So... Uh, if you've got 
two-factor authentication on with Coinbase, you'll need to verify before you can purchase, and uh, it's simple as that. So uh, now you will own some cryptocurrency, and when you own some cryptocurrency, your first question will be, how do I sell my cryptocurrency on Coinbase? So uh, with your bank account or PayPal account linked, you can sell as much cryptocurrency as your weekly withdrawal limit allows. Um, all you have to do is in the buy, sell, click, or sell tab, uh, first type in the dollar amount that you want to sell or click, uh, or click all or max, uh, and then you can choose the amount in crypto that you're selling. Uh, second, select the crypto you're selling, which is from your portfolio. If you only have one Bitcoin, for example, you will select that. If you have multiples and you're holding Bitcoin, Solana, Ethereum, Luna, uh, then you'll select where you're depositing it to, and then finally click that blue button and sell. There are alternative ways to buy and sell cryptocurrency. Although Coinbase is the most popular and simplest way to purchase cryptocurrency within the United States uh, and with uh, the U.S. dollar, uh, there are alternative methods, uh, methods as well. And uh, I'm going to give you the names of those here, uh, but I'll suggest that you go and look at them yourself. They each have different uh, pluses and minuses to them. I would say are pros and cons. Changely is one of them. Uh, Gemini is another platform that you can go to. They've been around for a while. I haven't, by the way, personally used them, uh, but I know they've been a popular service similar to Coinbase. Binance US, which is uh, one of the largest exchanges out there uh, with one of the greatest selections of markets. So that's another place you can go to. Bittrex, which is uh, another large exchange. Um, I don't use it, but it's, it's out there available. KuCoin, which I do use, is one of the first exchanges that I used, and it's one uh, that's easy to use as well. In addition to that, there's probably dozens of other exchanges. You just have to go around. There are a lot of, of, of scam ones too, so always do your own research. Uh, check CoinMarketCap and see which coins are listed and, uh, and which exchange of choice you want to go to. Uh, you can always verify there. So uh, once you've, uh, now we've learned to uh, buy a cryptocurrency, we've learned to sell our cryptocurrency. So uh, we've also learned where to do it. Uh, so now, uh, what if you just want to send somebody some cryptocurrency? So every wallet and exchange has different setups for this. So it would be extremely time consuming for me to get into all of them. But if you need step by step on each wallet or exchange, then they all have frequently asked uh, question sections or FAQ sections. Um, and you can basically uh, go there and find out how to do it. I'll talk here uh, of the ways that we send them in both Coinbase and in Binance US. So it's the same way. So as well. So what you will do is you will go uh, in your Coinbase account uh, to the send receive button on your Coinbase home screen uh, to send. Uh, you will click the send tab and then make sure that you have the correct address to send to. Input the amount you want to send in USD 
fee or the amount you want to send in a respective cryptocurrency uh, to get the 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 address someone can send you uh, some cryptocurrency at you can click the receive button and that will get your address as well you'll also get a QR code there and you can receive cryptocurrency by uh, sharing that QR code make sure you're only sending Bitcoin to a Bitcoin address ethereum to an ethereum address as well if you misstep that the money will be gone forever finally uh, once you figured out and you verified that you are in the correct chain uh, click that blue button to continue to send uh, also note that uh, copy and paste the address you're sending to and double check it after you've pasted it to make sure it's correct. Triple check slowly if it's one thing. If there's one thing wrong, your money could be gone forever. This is where most of the the errors happen uh, when people say, I used blockchain and I lost my money forever. Well, most likely they sent it to an address that wasn't a correct address or something of the sort. So you must make sure that uh, you are sending the cryptocurrency to a correct address. You also need to make sure that when you give somebody your address to receive cryptocurrency, that you are are sending them the correct address. So in one wallet, you could have multiple addresses. For example, you could have in one wallet a Bitcoin address and an Ethereum address. You cannot use that first address to receive or send either. Okay, so this is a, a big thing to note. Another thing to note uh, is also that sometimes when you're sending uh, or receiving cryptocurrency, depending on which blockchain you're using, it can take a while. So in some cases, Bitcoin's been known to take a whole day to transfer. So Ethereum tends to be a little bit faster, but with its rise in popularity, it's seen some network congestion these days. So don't freak out. If it takes a while, you'll get notifications from both Coinbase and some exchanges like Big, like Binance US when it's been received and sent successfully. So you don't have to to sit there looking at your empty wallet saying, I sent my coins and, and they didn't receive them. You can always just go on the blockchain and see like, you know, what the transaction is and what state of the transaction is in. So uh, that's that's something to keep in mind as well. In order, uh, by the way, to receive crypto into your Coinbase wallet, you can copy and paste your address uh, or someone can scan your QR code if they're standing next to you, etc. So so that also works as well. So now that you've uh, bought, sold, received some cryptocurrency, uh, what if you just want to store it, right? Uh, there's a few ways that you can store cryptocurrency. Some are secure and uh, some others are not quite as secure. So I'm going to cover these for you right now. Um, first, there's hot wallets and hot wallets are the cryptocurrency wallets that you utilize on your online exchanges such as Coinbase, Binance or Bittrex. Uh, these are convenient because you don't have to worry about downloading a wallet application or sending money into a hardware wallet. Uh, it's, it's as convenient as they may be, though. Uh, they come with a couple of huge flaws. Uh, if you have a secure password and two-factor authentication enabled, uh, you're still not safe. Uh, the main concern is hackers. They compromise the information stored within the exchanges, and they could potentially have access to everyone's money. 
Another thing to be concerned of is uh, bankruptcies. Uh, Coinbase just posted uh, an announcement about this, um, and everybody started to freak out. But it's just a standard announcement that, like, if if uh, whatever exchange you're on, uh, holding your coins and etc. goes into bankruptcy, even though they're just holding your coins, you could lose uh, all of your coins. Uh, so there's another thing to worry about uh, as well. On some of the exchanges, you do not own your private keys. Uh, we talked about this with Robinhood. Uh, so unlike a cold wallet, such as a hardware wallet or a paper wallet, the hot wallet's private keys are owned on the exchange. So um, uh, a good piece of advice is to don't store large amounts on exchanges. So keep some there if you want to make some trades and, you know, you want to send some to a friend or that kind of stuff. But other than that, you want to transfer out of an exchange and put it somewhere else. Where can you put it? Well, there's a, a few different ways, uh, a few different places to have your cryptocurrency once you buy it on an exchange. Um, those are uh, software wallets, paper wallets, and hardware wallets and I'm going to cover those as well. First, software wallets. Uh, a software wallet, by the way, is just a type of hot wallet that sits on your hard drive. Uh, an example of a software wallet is Exodus. Uh, this wallet supports cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Dash, Augur, Ethereum, and Litecoin. But most software wallets allow you to export and download your private keys, which is a great thing. Um, the major security flaw of these is, of course, potential hackers. Then they can fall victims to uh, viruses as well, your your hard drive. So if you're going to, going to use a software wallet, make sure it's on a dedicated computer that's only used for cryptocurrency, not Facebook and that kind of junk to minimize the risk of any cyber attacks that could come in the form of spam or malware or any of that junk that could infect your uh, hard drive and then uh, give all of your information to a hacker who could then take your assets. So that brings us to uh, our cold wallet or paper wallet, which is the most secure of, of, all, wall of all wallets. Uh, paper wallets are exactly what you think that they would be. Uh, they contain your private and public keys. Uh, this has the advantage of not being on a computer and thus does, is not susceptible to, to hackers. Uh, the main disadvantage uh, to this method is that it's, it's, it's just like everything else. It's just like paper, right? So it's, it's very fragile. If you get it outside into the rain or you leave it out in the sun, it catches fire, a wind gust catches it, your wallet's gone forever, unless you made a backup or two. So uh, use proper care and store your paper wallet in a fireproof safe for, for safekeeping uh, or a safety deposit box at your bank. Uh, also, a uh, good idea is to laminate it, that way it's protected and that kind of thing. So uh, it's definitely the safest way to keep your cryptocurrency. And I guess the second uh, safest way would be a hardware wallet. So hardware wallets are, are, are definitely uh, maybe even more secure uh, in some ways. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of the most secure types of, of cold wallets that exists out there. The awesome thing about a hardware wallet is that it essentially acts as a key. So your coins and tokens are not stored on the device itself. Uh, this means that if you lost your hardware wallet, dropped it in a pool, ran it over, or got it stolen, uh, all would be safe if you had the respective recovery seeds 
to restore it, which we'll get to in a moment, uh, by the way. So your best and most budget-friendly alternative are obviously the Ledger Nano S, which is what I have, and the Ledger Nano X. I highly recommend the Ledger Nano S, by the way, for the simple fact that it allows you to store all major cryptocurrencies as well as a lot of the up-and-coming alternative coins on them as well. It's, uh, by the way, also very budget-conscious, uh, so you don't have to spare, spend a fortune to secure your fortune. What makes a hardware wallet so secure? Uh, on the ledger, you're given a random list of 24 words uh, in a specific order. With your hardware wallet, you'll get a sheet of paper where you can write them down in order. Uh, these are not generated on your computer and will be generated directly on your device. So even if your computer was compromised, your recovery seed is still safe. So you'll be required to create a PIN and you'll also have the option for an optional passphrase, which adds an extra layer of security. For the long-term holder, you'll need a hardware wallet. Uh, not only are they easy to use, but they're also about as secure as you can get, uh, really, because uh, they're constantly backed up. All you have to maintain is make sure that you can remember that passphrase or that you have it written down someplace, laminated, etc. You'll always be able to access your coins uh, from anywhere. So, that uh, covers all of our wallets. A little note on security and keeping your sensitive information offline. Uh, this, of course, should go without saying, but you should keep all of your sensitive information offline. Keep your wallet recovery seeds written down on paper or engraved in steel uh, if you want to go that far for maximum security. The reason being is if your computer or account is compromised, you won't have a digital record of any of it. So uh, make sure that you can always access your stuff by having it written down somewhere and that it is not just stored on a computer. Also, make sure that you use two-factor authentication. Two-factor authentication, or 2FA as it's known, in a nutshell, provides an extra layer of security on your accounts by means of you manually verifying that you're actually the one logging in. Uh, there's two ways you can apply 2FA on your accounts, of course, depending on which option you're sites or exchanges allow. Uh, you can use uh, two-factor authentication via SMS, where you'll receive a text message to your phone number when you try logging in to make a transaction, or you can use it via uh, the authenticator application. So most exchanges and applications allow Authy, uh, which will keep the information handy that exchanges give you up front uh, to be able to use uh, and disable 2FA. Uh, because you're out of luck, if you lose or break your phone, your old phone's authentication will not work on your new phone unless you set up 2FA again. So uh, that's another thing there. Uh, also, uh, make sure, guys, that when you are doing uh, any type of crypto currency research don't go by what other people say always follow the rule do your own research um, in a professional capacity i won't suggest that you uh, should and shouldn't buy i'm not a financial advisor and i don't plan on ever being uh, i'm also biased because i have a diversified portfolio that deals with a few different companies coins and technologies such as solana such as ethereum uh, etc which i'm in to Polygon and Matic, I like. So uh, don't listen to one person's recommendations or fall into propaganda or shilling. Uh, shilling is a term I will talk about later when we get into the vocab section. 
but uh, uh, also uh, doing your own research is crucial to making sound decisions and investments with hundreds, if not over thousands, thousands of viable options to invest in. How do you go about effectively doing your research? Well, uh, I'm going to give you a couple of suggestions of what I do. Number one, uh, I go to CoinMarketCap. CoinMarketCap uh, will be your cryptocurrency go-to for just about everything. Uh, here you can see market capitalization, the current price, the circulating supplies, total supplies and historical charts with prices relative to USD, BTC, ETH, all the others. Uh, all in one handy place. Uh, another good place to go is to go to the company or project's website. This, of course, will be uh, ground zero for all your research, and you'll be able to get information such as their white paper and stuff like that. So your safest bet is going to CoinMarketCap, selecting your coin of cho choice, and browsing through the various sections of their page. Uh, it's uh, really come a long way since I've gotten into crypto, so I really like it and enjoy it too as well. Uh, make sure that you also, uh, once you nail down the projects that you like, whether you're a Bitcoin uh, enthusiast or Ethereum or all of them or whatever, but then uh, join some forums uh, such as Bitcoin Talk. Um, those things aren't just about like, you know, Bitcoin, but you'll find a lot of good information about them. There's also Discord groups and et cetera that you can join on on Telegram. Uh, find forums that have to do with your coin uh, and see what people are doing and talking about in there. It's a great place to see what the general sentiment of the project is and whether it's on its way up. Reddit also provides, uh, provides some information. Um, that's a great place to start. You can go to the cryptocurrency subreddit uh, where they talk about cryptocurrencies uh, they also by the way there's a ton of trolling and comedy and memes and stuff like that but you can also generally get answers to your questions you can ask your own questions see other people's questions and contribute uh, to some very you know pretty well focused discussions so Social media in general, uh, you can find uh, groups and stuff for your favorite coins. Twitter has some of them. Facebook has some of them. You can also find like-minded uh, folks that like your groups and, and start to talk and, uh, and, and chat with them. Uh, LinkedIn is also a very good social media network to connect with people investing in cryptocurrencies as well. So I said I'd talk about mining, and here it comes. For most people who are the people that are interested in mining. Um, so I would say for most average people, buying and building a computer setup with large clock speeds and the best GPU on the market isn't economical, first of all. It uses a lot of energy, and it's extremely complicated to set up. So, uh, of course, yes, mining rewards uh, do uh, provide free cryptocurrency, but it's not really free. You have to provide some kind of, of exchange, uh, whether it be in electricity or computational power or something of the, of the sort. And also, mining rewards can get more sparse as time goes on, uh, as is the case with Bitcoin. So with an expensive rig and lots of energy spent, it can take over a month to mine just one Bitcoin. Hardly worth it for for Bitcoin, but uh, much more attainable with other coins. However, 
if you are determined to take part in mining for cryptocurrencies as opposed to outright purchasing them, uh, consider doing it on the cloud, uh, you know, using like a, a, a cloud mining service such as uh, Genesis Mining or AWS or something like that, where you'll pay a one-time fee and slowly earn your desired cryptocurrency over two years or whatever the contractual agreement will be. So. I can only recommend this if you feel that the cryptocurrency's value will go up a lot in that time frame. Otherwise, uh, it could just end up being a slow way to gain over the course of two years instead of buying up front and realizing those gains in the same amount of time. There'll be a lot less stress in just buying outright than, um, you know, getting into some kind of mining contract or something of the, of the sort. So. What's some of the terminology that you should know uh, when doing your research? Uh, you'll see so many words uh, thrown around that you've never seen before. Uh, but once you learn what they mean, you'll get uh, used to the terminology and then it'll make your research easier and more enjoyable. So uh, I'm going to cover some of them right here for you. Uh, the most, I guess the most prominent ones, I, I guess, would be crypto, which uh, this simply refers to cryptocurrencies in the cryptocurrency market, depending on the context of it. Uh, you'll hear the term fiat, which is currency issued by a government such as the U.S. dollar the euro or pounds. Uh, you'll hear the, the term ATH, which is all-time high, the highest price a coin or token has ever achieved. The famous term HODL, or H-O-D-L, which, uh, which really means hold. Uh, it was misspelled in a, on a forum years back. Some will say that it means hold on for dear life, which definitely works well with uh, cryptocurrencies. So uh, that's how you'll see that. And that's why it's kept generally just means that hold on for dear life. Shill or shilling or shillers. Uh, this is when uh, a person or company acts in their own self-interest and promotes a coin uh, or a token or a project or that kind of stuff. Basically, they focus only on the positive and tend to ignore or downplay all of the negative or any negative concerns. They're just like, yeah, get this project. This is great. That person is generally shilling a project. And that's how you uh, hear and use that term. Uh, you'll also hear the term FOMO thrown around. That's fear of missing out. People uh, tend to see uptrends in the charts, lots of volume being traded or news, and they don't want to miss out on making gains. This uh, most of the times works against people and can result in panic buys, thus causing a temporary spike up in cryptocurrency prices. You see that a lot anytime Elon Musk uh, basically, uh, you know, tweets about Dogecoin or Dogecoin or anything like that, then you see FOMO spikes uh, of that. The opposite of that is FUD, F-U-D, which is fear, uncertainty, doubt, casters of FUD, as they're known on forums. Um, uh, the, uh, FUDing is generally... Uh, I guess, in essence, the opposite of shilling and causes a lot of negative feelings towards a coin, token, or project. Uh, this can cause dips or crashes in prices, so people generally don't like FUD. Um, 
especially not on groups where where people are specifically uh you know pushing towards towards one project so uh you'll also hear to the moon and mooning mooning means different in crypto than it means in high school uh when someone says to the moon they generally mean that the price is going to shoot way up same thing with mooning if a coin is mooning it means that the price has spiked significantly has spiked significantly and you can refer uh to the level it's reaching as mooning. Um, just like in a stock market, we have bull uh, or bullish and bear and bearish. Uh, these, of course, are, you know, just like in the stock market, a bull run, a bullish market means that prices are going very well. The opposite of bull is or bullish is bear. Uh, and a bear market or bear trend is when prices are not going so well. Um, so no big, no big changes there. ICO is initial coin offering. Uh, so just like a company's IPO or initial public offering, this allows uh, people to get in, uh, you know, to, to get in on a coin uh, before it's it's released to the mass public or released on exchanges. So uh, that's an ICO. Uh, we also talk about uh, market cap. So that's the final term I'll throw around in here. And market cap is the circulating supply of a coin or token multiplied by its current price. So if you use that little formula, you will get a coin's market cap. So again, circulating supply multiplied by current price is what the market cap of the coin is. Now, um, guys, make sure, uh, you know, I've, I've made a bunch of uh, really good decisions. When I first started started investing in cryptocurrencies, but I also made a bunch of mistakes. Uh, I, I heard uh, a lot of uh, people talking about making mistakes, and the entire point of this talk today was to make it easier for you and to avoid uh, some mistakes and to minimize your mistakes. So if I saved one person the headache of having to figure something out uh, when there was no simple source, then I consider this uh portion of the podcast is success. Uh, so to end this little portion, I just want to offer a couple of final tips with cryptocurrency. Number one, never invest more than you are willing to lose. Uh, do not bet the money you're counting uh, on to pay the rent. Uh, do not take your life savings and dump it into cryptocurrency. Of course, these things can, could, or uh, work in your favor. Uh, but it's certainly not worth the headache uh, you'll be causing yourself by having to stress about the crucial money and whether or not you'll lose the money. Um, just like it could work for you, it most likely will work against you. So uh, never take that risk. Also, uh, from cryptocurrencies, like anything else, uh, take a break here and there. Okay, it can be very exciting to see your portfolio tracker go higher and higher and higher, uh, but don't make it your life's mission to check every 15 minutes. Unless you're a day trader, uh, it's not healthy to check in all the time. Instead, check your portfolio a couple times a day uh, or less, uh, and you'll be able to sleep better uh, and that kind of stuff. Finally, stay humble, okay? Uh, 
we're all in this together. Uh, we've all uh, invested different amounts, um, believe in different technologies that will change the world and diversify our portfolio differently. Uh, we all have started somewhere. So basically, share your excitement about what the market is doing, doing uh, where the market is going, uh, what particular coin you decide to invest in that's just skyrocketing. Uh, but don't brag. Help people where you can with any knowledge that you might have picked up along the way and pay it forward. Uh, for people that don't know how to get started, hopefully this has helped you. Uh, if you're already started, uh, I'm going to start to cover the smart contracts portion of this now. Um, so uh, remember, go uh, check out Coinbase. Uh, this is a good place to get started. Check out Robinhood as well. Uh, another good place to get started. And uh, always do your research uh, when it comes to, to cryptocurrencies and the projects that you are getting involved in. All right. So. With that being said, um, guys, I uh, am actually going to talk about smart contracts, but I'm going to do this in the next podcast because we've been on air 55 minutes and I think that's enough of me right now. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call this one a day. Remember, if you don't do anything else, buy the dip. And the next podcast is going to be about smart contracts on the blockchain, what they are and et cetera. And I will post this one uh, later on this week, if not next month day as well okay so uh guys enjoy uh the rest of the week and i will catch you soon um once again uh remember that this podcast was brought to you by stockforge as well so you can go to stockforge.com uh, and you can go to kryptoni airdrops by uh signing up there you can also just uh use the the promo code kryptoni uh to try stockforge out for a week it's also this podcast was brought to you by metahedge you can go to mymetahedge.com get some information there on metahedge itself tons of interesting projects going on and uh definitely growing and uh heading towards the future in a very bright way all right guys uh take care that's uh gonna be it for today enjoy it uh this is the dip this is the dip. This is the dip. So if you've always wanted to buy the dip, go out and uh, now you know how to do it on Coinbase. Take care and enjoy the rest of the week.